The Jeff O'Neill Show. Please welcome this person. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, first off, that's our generic intro, yeah, yeah. but this woman is anything but generic. She's a fantastic lady we just met and we already love her. She is 24-year-old Richmond resident. Her name is Katie. She successfully participated in a recovery program a few years ago. And now look at you in our studio talking stuff. Hello. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you doing? Fabulous. How are you guys? I'm doing okay. Thank you very much. Good. It's Thursday. It is. Tomorrow's June. Katie, let's back it up a little bit. You successfully completed a recovery program for heroin use. Five years later, clearly you're a new person. You're married. You're working full time. You got a couple of dogs. I would say that life has uh, turned around for you. Yeah, absolutely. Completely different. I mean, I think back on, you know, the person I was when I walked into uh, Turning Point Recovery Society, uh, you know, a little over five years ago, and I wouldn't even recognize myself, but she's she's still around. I mean, I, I'll never forget that person. So Look at you, though. This, <sighs> The thing is, five years later, some people would like to put that in the past, but you're here talking about it to try and help other people moving forward. We need you. We need you for that with the fentanyl crisis going on right now. Katie, I want to know at what point did you admit or know that you were in trouble? I mean, so for me, um, I I grew up kind of uh, in a relatively normal home. I wasn't exposed to addiction or anything like that. And, uh, you know, when I was about 14 or 15, I fell into, you know, a group of girls who were partying and, um, you know, they were living this really, what I thought was a really glamorous lifestyle. And I just wanted to be a part of that. I just wanted to fit in. And, um, in like grade eight, grade nine. Yeah. About that. I was in, uh, I was in high school and, um, you know, my life was kind of rocky a little bit before that. Um, you know, I struggled with a bit of anger and, uh, anxiety and, uh, my way of coping with it was anger. And then when I found alcohol through, you know, through high school, um, I was like this, this is what's going to fix me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I got involved with these girls and we started partying and and it was everything that I thought I wanted my life to be. And, um, you know, it just spiraled like so fast. I can't even believe like, and I feel like it's going faster for for youth now, you know, like I'm 24, but you know, there's kids that are 14 that are falling into the grips of, you know, the opioid epidemic. And I didn't reach that point until I was 18. Like, so, so when I started partying, it was like, I was like 14, 15. And, um, you know, by the time I reached, you know, that that point in my life where I was picking up heroin, um, you know, I, it was four, four or five years later. And, so it went uh, from alcohol to what next? So I was actually terrified of drugs, ironically. Like I, you know, in high school, they were like, drugs will kill you. The first time you use them, like yeah. they'll kill yeah. you. And I was like, oh my God, that's horrifying. Well, my parents drink wine and my parents drink beer, like, so I can drink booze. Like, that, that's fine. People do that. Um, and I was never really into anything else. I wasn't interested in pot. I wasn't interested in party drugs. And, uh, you know, like any good 16 year old girl with low self-esteem and low self-worth, I met a guy and, uh, he was a drug dealer and, you know, he was living the life that again, I thought I wanted. And, um, you know, I was just seduced by, by the glamour that I thought surrounded at 16 at 16. Well, I guess in his world, it's normal. And so you're watching him and his friends do this. You're thinking, oh, I guess I should do it too. He was was also 21 when I met him. I will point that out. And so, and you know, and I had never learned how to have a healthy, normal relationship. Like I have an outstanding father. I really do. But we were just completely, you know, we're so similar, but we had completely different views on life, you know? And, um, so I never really knew how to have a healthy, normal relationship with a man. And, and I met this guy and he paid attention to me and I was like, okay, this is what I want. And, 
you know, and then he just introduced me to this this way of life. But I was already living, you know, the addictive lifestyle. Like the, the But it was with alcohol and then all of a sudden absolutely. it changed. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And and it it gave me that release and relief that I wanted so much faster. And it just made me completely numb. And that's what I was seeking constantly was that numbness from from who I really was. I'm having conversations with my kids. One of my, uh, my oldest is, uh, he's new to high school. And uh, he says that he knows some of the kids in high school that are using a vape. And that freaks me out. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? You have to watch out for those kids. You got to stay away from those kids. You were dealing with something completely different. And then I'm being a naive parent thinking that it isn't worse than than just a vape pen in uh, high school because clearly it is. Yeah, no, it is. And you know what? <laughs> it's really cool. I, I watched 13 Reasons Why, and I'm sure everybody knows about yes. that TV series right now. And I really loved that they illustrated in young people in this last season, spoiler alert, um, heroin use. Yeah. And I thought that was so amazing because I was like, people don't talk about this enough. Like it is, it's in high schools now. Hello, like this is something that, you know, when I was 15 and I was, you know, being exposed through, I, I got into some trouble and I was on probation and I had to go to 12 step meetings as part of my probation. Um, and I was meeting, you know, these older people, older men who were heroin and and crack addicts. And I was like, I'll never do that. Like I am no, like no way. Like that's, you know, Maine and Hastings, you know, that's sure, what people yeah. think. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I was 18 years old and homeless a few years later. And, wow. and so in this show, they illustrated that like a 16 year old kid was using heroin in the show. And I was like, thank you, because this is reality. Because today. that was you. Yeah. And we this is reality. From that. No, this is, this is reality. And what were your what were your what was your your parents take on or did they know what was going on? Oh, they had a good idea. They're not they're they're really not naive. I don't know if they I mean, I remember having a conversation with my mom one time and, um, you know, we always had really heated arguments about uh, just, you know, my my drinking and stuff. And um, my dad one time <laughs> accused me of being a drug addict. And I was like, I've never even done drugs. And I, I sincerely hadn't, um, you know, and and. Then, you know, a couple of years later, I met this guy and, and it just our relationship was so strained and I put them through so much. What do you think family and friends can do in a situation like this when you are, you know, faced with a family member or a friend who is dealing with addictive disease? What can we do to help? The thing I know that doesn't work um, that I feel like is just an automatic response for a lot of people is interrogation and, you know, like accusations, and accusations and sure, yeah, okay. that like has, ne- for me personally, that has never worked. What was the catalyst? What changed it for you five years ago when you finally said enough? I needed compassion and understanding and I needed to know that what I was facing was, I mean, it's definitely not normal, but there was people like me who had faced it and had been able to find a new way of life, you know, without using drugs and alcohol, you know, I was put into a category where I became, you know, uh, like an outcast of my family and then a social outcast. And I just felt so alone. And being 18 years old, you know, you just, when you have nobody, you have no family, your friends want nothing to do with you, you know, all the normal, normal people in your life, um, turn their backs on you. Like you, you seek people who are doing the same things as you. And you're incredible. I just yeah, want to give yeah. you a hug. Thank you. You're a survivor <laughs> sharing a message that needs to be shared. Thank, Thank you. you. And can we uh, hang out with you a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Right. You need to go school to school and talk to kids because they need to see you. It's such a <laughs> great you. message. Joining Thank us you. in the studio. Her name is Katie. She is an opioid survivor. Five years clean now. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Do you get a button and stuff like that? Or does it, cause I see that on cake? TV shows. Yeah, you get a, or, you, or a cake or. Uh, yeah. I mean, I belong to a 12 step fellowship. Um, and we do celebrate. Uh, the What's your date? Do you have a date? November 9th, 2012. November. Look at you with 
the date. So wow. it'll be six years in November. Knock on wow. wood. So, wow. Yeah. Katie, do you ever feel tempted? Is there anything that tempts you? At well, you just said <clears throat> knock on wood, so we better yeah. knock on wood. Yeah, we knocked on wood. We knocked on wood. Everybody knock on some goddamn wood, would you? Um, I mean, I... It's interesting because the way that I live my life today and what I've been taught in the 12-step program that I belong to is to live life one day at a time. And so I live my life based on a set of spiritual principles and I live my life based on a program that, um, you know, I basically had to look at my life when I came in here, you know, five and a half years ago and tear myself apart. I was already a shell of a woman when I walked in. So I had to like tear myself apart and then learn how to put myself back together. And that, you know, couldn't have been done without the incredible people who have walked this journey before me and who have, you know, decades of sobriety like one of my my closest friends and my mentors I call him my papa um, he's got 43 years 42 years of uh, sobriety that's and, a big uh, cake it's huge and he it's was a really big he cake. Got sober. it's like a four tier yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got sober when he was 23 you know so wow. you know we have a we have a really great relationship and I really look up to him and my own personal sponsor um, just celebrated 10 years of sobriety and she's just an incredible woman and uh, yeah so I mean we, we do get cakes and it's wonderful and it's like it's like a birthday it's like celebrating with our family okay we have some people we want to get to on hold but first let's run the big intro the Jeff O'Neill show presents open phones Jessica in Coquitlam go ahead Jessica you're on the air hi I just wanted to call to specifically speak about what Katie was talking about uh, regarding uh, drug use in general especially when it comes to teens I started when I was 14 mm-hmm. and uh I pretty much did every drug you could imagine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's just, I'm happy to hear that you're clean and that you're doing well. That's such an accomplishment. There, I know so many people that aren't yeah. and that are still in the life, and it, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, cause, uh, and it sounds like you actually had, like, I mean, your parents weren't really necessarily there for you for a bit, but... Um, I had <laughs> I had a mother when I was 15 that we would actually do drugs together. Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, everyone has a different experience with it. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted, I agree, I think, like, kids need to be taught about this stuff earlier. And it's, it's getting earlier and earlier. Like, I know kids like 12 and stuff that are doing it and it's scary come on yeah. Yeah. wow katie have you ever uh, uh, gone to any schools karen had mentioned it earlier and uh, you know what uh, the more that we talk about this the more this seems unfortunately like a fantastic idea you have to go to the high schools you got to yeah. talk to the kids yeah i've actually had the opportunity of speaking at um two high schools in richmond uh over oh, the and past and thank you year. jessica for your call thank you jessica thanks Um, Yeah, I've had the opportunity uh, to speak at two high schools in Richmond over the past year, and um, I really, really love that the program that I'm involved with is doing that. Um, You know, when we were talking to girls in the the first class that I spoke to was girls in grade eight, um, and that was like right when I was getting started, you know, so, but I feel like it even needs to go, I feel like it needs to go younger, because, before before they... Even think about it before they're in that situation. Yeah. And like we just heard, you know, like she was using at home with her mom. Like that is a very, very real, real reality that kids face, you know. Uh, Somebody sent a note here. Sorry if I missed it. What is the program that Katie belongs to? Thank you so much and congrats. Uh, I belong to a 12-step program. Um, I'm sure a lot of us are aware of Narcotics Anonymous uh, as well as Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I belong to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I found that it works for me. It just fits 
what I needed at that point in time, um, you know, and and still what I need today in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I went in, I found Alcoholics Anonymous through um, a treatment center that I, you know, was kind of had no no option other than to go to a residential treatment facility uh, in Richmond. Uh, Turning Point Recovery Society brought me in. And so at what point did you go, hey, I need to make that phone call. I need to go to this meeting. I need to, did, was there somebody that said, hey, let's um, do it? Or do you have to hit the quote unquote rock bottom? I mean... There's something that I heard recently. Actually, my husband, my husband, the bright man that he is, um, brought it up. There's, I feel like being somebody in recovery, like we always face a glass bottom, you know? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, whenever we think we've hit bottom, you know, we look down and there's always another one, you know, for, for being a person in recovery and knowing that, you know, relapse, relapse is not a part of recovery, but relapse is a part of a person who struggles with addiction's life and their journey. And, um, you know, I know that if any time I stop, working this program relapses absolutely it can happen it doesn't matter that i've been clean for five and a half years it doesn't matter like if i stop doing what i'm doing one day at a time like easily i can i can relapse. the same goes for your mentor who you said was at 40 years correct yeah. oh absolutely every day is a new day absolutely yeah and i think i mean what made me come in this time was um you know, I was 19 and I had just gotten off drugs, um, but I couldn't stop drinking. I couldn't imagine not drinking. I was like, no, like alcohol. What was the drink fine. of choice for you? Uh, I was always drinking whiskey. Whiskey. Always drinking whiskey. Really? Yeah, it was. That's a that hardcore like, drink. I know, and everybody, I always get that reaction. And like my <laughs> sister-in-law, she's like, she's the same age as me. She, she's normal. Like she doesn't have, she's not in recovery or anything like that. And she'll like drink like nice little coolers. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what's it? Why? Why? What's, what's You're the like, point? what is what's the, point? the point? What did you initially say, Katie, that uh, what doesn't work, the keys that don't work for uh, for parents who the, are trying to talk to their kids? I mean, the main thing for me was the minute I felt like I was doing something wrong, I shut down. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have an open dialogue uh, with my parents. I didn't. I, I felt like I was bad. And so immediately that closed me off from being, you know, from, from the willingness to just be open and share like what was going on. And because, be honest. Well, yeah. And the, the reality is, is, is mom and dad, I love you if you're listening, but my parents grew up in a very different time than when I was growing up and, and drinking and experimenting with, you know, with drugs and alcohol, it, it's was normal in high school. And, you know, I was at that age where I was being introduced to different things and, you know, ha I don't, I don't blame anybody for anything. My path is my path and I'm grateful for it. I am very grateful for it because it brought me to where I am. But I think if I had had an opportunity to be more open and just be heard and listened to. And I think that's the key is what you said there. I think we have to stop pretending that this isn't the reality yes. in high schools and yeah. sometimes even elementary schools. Yeah. And I think like people just want to shut it down. And like, that's the same thing. Like that's what I look at when I, when I hear, you know, just people talking about people in, you know, in recovery or, you know, addicts who are still struggling is everybody's just so close-minded and it's like no it's a choice it's you know they make a choice when they're a certain age and it's like some maybe but I not for all i haven't known anybody who's been like i you know i was woken up one morning and been like i'm gonna go and smoke crack today like that's yeah not normal uh, katie i wanted to ask you for someone that is on the ground mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and they know that they need help yeah. where can they go there's so many we're we are so so lucky in the lower mainland there is so many resources for people who are who are suffering and who are struggling um you know there's there's the detox centers on the downtown east side that can help uh, point people in the right direction um turning point recovery society the the recovery community or the recovery program that i went through um is, is always, always if you just always go through open. fraser health can you find some uh some resources there as well you imagine i'm sure you can vancouver yeah, coastal yeah. health has some um um, and uh, there's Access Central, which is a phone number that people 
people can call into and they can get pointed in kind of the right direction in terms of where they're at. You know what you got to do? You got to do a TED Talk. Why don't you do a TED Talk? I you should, should do a yeah. TED Talk. Can we, we really set up on this TED Talk? <laughs> we really do. We also got a website, vch.ca, and it's Stop Overdose. You can go there right and, now. And so that's for people that are battling, maybe for parents or mm -hmm. for friends, anybody? Yeah. Yep. Can you use Ab that as a resource? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look for you in the TED Talks. Yes, please. Please. Because we're doing Fox Talks <laughs> yeah. right now. Don't so stop talking. Talks, yeah. You need to be the face <laughs> so you. that we can see you and relate to you. You're fantastic. You're an amazing individual. Thank you, guys. You're a beautiful person. She is an opioid survivor. She is in our studio. We love her. Katie. Thank you. Wow. The Jeff O'Neill Show, weekday 6 to 10, with Alpine Credits, on the world-famous Seafox.